You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Before I begin, I just want to talk about the framework that we're doing, that we're trying to do here at the Nation Building Series. Last Sunday, we talked about how to build a nation, and we, we said, you've got to build your family. Everybody say family. How many were here last week? Raise your hand. You know, we talked about family. We said that you want to build a nation, you've got to build the family. Today, we're going to talk about building the nation through the church. Everybody say church. But whether family or church, we've got to raise up enough selfless leaders. Everybody say selfless. That's the only way. To change the country, you need to change hearts. Everybody say hearts. That's the only way. Changing rulers and changing systems and changing rules and changing structure. All of those things may help, but at the end of the day, we need to change hearts. And the only, everybody say only. The only way that that will happen is that God gives us a heart transplant. That's the only way that God changes our selfish hearts into, our, into a selfless heart. You know, if you really think about it, everybody say, I'm listening. Every great thing in this world that lasts, that passes the test of time, you will recognize that that great thing is built on the work of selfless people. I'll give you an example. Exhibit A, the feast. 500 plus feasts around the world. Each one of them is built on the work of selfless people. Let's not talk about the other feasts. Let's just talk about this one here in PICC. Three sessions. Two in the morning, one in the afternoon. A thousand volunteers to make it run. Every single one of them bivocational. Everyone. We're all bivocational. The greeters and those volunteering for the kids ministry and the intercession ministry and the musicians, even the speakers on stage. We're all bivocational. What does that mean? It means that these people, they have day jobs. They're data crunchers in call centers. They're doctors. They're teachers. They're domestic helpers. They're engineers. Different jobs. But on their spare time, they come and they serve God. I mean, even Audi is a bivocational guy. He's not only a feast builder. He doesn't only preach on a Sunday and he holds his staff meetings during the week for the feast. He sells real estate. How many of you know that? Many people don't. Do you know that? He sells condominiums and houses in Makati, Taguig, Ortigas, Quezon City. His website is homediscovery.com.ph. Mention my name and I get 2%. (laughs) Just kidding. But that's how he supports his family. He's also a corporate speaker. Can you just imagine juggling all of that? Just to be able to raise up his own family and he serves the Lord. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Is, Is that difficult what he's doing? You know, stretching. But not only him, as I said, every one of us. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The feast is built 
by selfless people. That's what I'm talking about. Any great thing in the world that stands the test of time. Selfless people. And this nation will be built by selfless people. I'm bivocational. Which I'd like to take this opportunity to clear up one thing. I do not own Bose Coffee. <laughs> Just wanted, you know, people keep asking me, you know, I mean, Bo, I, I, I gave you business yesterday. Why? I ate in Bose Coffee. Oh, yeah. No, that's not mine. It's a great coffee shop, by the way. But no, it's not mine. Um, you know, and, and to clear this up, my son, Bene, Benedict, he, he, he doesn't own, we, we don't own Cafe Bene. Okay, that, that's a Korean brand. My other son, Francis, does not own Cafe France also. So, not, none. We're, we're, we're okay. I've got my own personal businesses. And I do that and I stretch and I sacrifice not being paid by the feast, supporting myself through my businesses so that I could serve you. And let's, let's, let's take a f the, the flip side. Everybody say flip side. Anything foolish in the world is built on selfishness. Think about it. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through scripture, look at the, this is a story of human foolishness, if you really think about it. I'm going to give you three examples, and I'm going to make this dynamic. When I say the example, you say, that's foolish. Practice. Thank you. Adam and Eve. They were in this beautiful garden and God said you can eat from any fruit, from any tree in the garden, including the tree of life. Just don't eat this one fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What did they do? They exchanged everything, all the abundance of God for that one thing. What do you call that? That's foolish. And then you've got Esau, the son of Isaac. He already had the rights of being the firstborn son. But when he got hungry, he saw his brother. The brother said, the rights of your firstborn, blessing firstborn, you know, for this little bowl of soup. He exchanged it for a tiny bowl of soup. What do you call that? That's foolish, that's foolish man. But that's who we are. Have you made foolish exchanges in your life? Have you? Are you sure? And then we give you, I give you one last story. We started this last Sunday about Samuel. We continue his story. Bunch of people, the elders of Israel coming to him. 1 Samuel 8, 4 and 5, it says, Now that you are old, they told Samuel, and your sons do not follow your example, appoint a king over us. Like all the nations, everybody say, like all the nations, to rule us. We too must be like all the nations. Say that again. We too must be like all the nations with a king to rule us, lead us in warfare, and fight our battles. At that time, Israel did not have a human king. Ask me why. Louder. Because in a very special way, God was their king. God was their king. And Samuel said, 
you really want to have a human king? I'm going to warn you. If you're going to have a human king, he's going to force your children into his army. He's going to send your kids to war. Do you like that? They might not come home anymore. And guess what? A human king, he's going to oppress you with high taxes. Do you want that? The people of Israel said, yeah, we want a king. We want a king. We want a king. What do you call that? You have God already as your king. And you wanted this human king who will oppress you. And, but that's the human in us. That's the, that's the story of human foolishness. Now think with me. Why are we foolish? Ask me why. why? I'll dissect it for you. Selfishness. Why are we foolish? We're selfish. We want what other people have. People of Israel. Bakit sila may hari, tayo wala? No, God is our king. Okay, God is our king. But look at the other nations. They've got, they've got their human kings. They've got their human king. They've got their human king. Can we be like them? Here's the, here's the thing of selfishness. We want what, what others have, even if it isn't good for us. Are you with me on this? We, we're not focused on the blessing that we have right now. No, we look at, what do you have? I... And, and we're not content with what we have. But let me dissect it for you. Foolishness, below that, beneath that, is selfishness. But why are we selfish? Ask me why. At the core is our fear. That's why we're selfish. We're afraid. We're afraid of what? That the other person has more. That we run out of blessings. There was a Harvard experiment done by a professor in his class. He said, I'm going to give you two scenarios. He told his students, let's say you get out of this school and you get your first job. Scenario number one, you earn $180,000 every year. But everyone else, they earn $160,000 per year. I'm going to review that for you. How much will you earn? 180,000. How much will everyone else earn? 160. S second scenario is this. Second scenario, you earn 200,000. How much? And everyone else will earn 220,000. And then he said, okay class, what scenario would you prefer? Now I want you to know these are Harvard students. And I presume that Harvard students are, has a higher IQ compared to the ordinary person in the street. You know that 87% of them chose scenario number one, where they will earn 180000 only compared to 200000 Do you know why? Because what do you call that? That's... Foolish! Why will you choose a so smaller salary than a bigger salary? Because they want to be above the rest. Are you listening to what I'm... Did you get the experiment? Or I'm the only one. It's like, you got it? It's wild, right? It's almost like this story. A tourist walking in the beach. He sees a fisherman with two buckets. One bucket was filled with crabs. The other bucket had a cover, didn't know. So the tourist walks to the fisherman and said, what's inside that bucket with a cover? And the fisherman said, crabs. 
And the tourists will say, oh, okay. So one bucket with crabs and the other bucket with crabs. But why is one bucket with a cover? And the fisherman said, oh, the one with a the cover, these are Alaskan crabs. I need to put a cover or they'll go out. And the tourist said, how about the other? Why no cover? And the fisherman said, oh, these are Filipino crabs. <laughs> because if one crab climbs out, the other crabs will pull him back. That foolishness, selfishness, fear. There's one thing wrong with that story. Ask me what? Louder. That's not a Filipino condition. No, it's not. That is not. Crab mentality is not Filipino. You go to other cultures, it's there. In Australia and New Zealand, they call it in their culture the tall poppy syndrome. The tall poppy syndrome is when there's a poppy that's above the rest, they'll cut it down. And, and they, they admit that. That's part of the... In Germany, it's called Schadenfreude. I'm pretending that I can pronounce it well. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm, I'm messing it up. And there's a German here, he's laughing his heart out but, and, and wants to roll on the floor. Schadenfreude it, it, it means being happy for the misfortune of others. It's like when somebody says, oh, my, my house got burned down or, or I, got, I got fired or whatever. And outside we say, oh, poor guy. But then he was somebody that we were envious with. And inside we said, hey, 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 hey. You know? So, so th th that's what, what do you call that? Schadenfreude. You know? but, but what am I saying? I'm, I, I'm saying it's in all cultures. This crab mentality is not a Filipino condition. It's a human condition. It's based on fear. When there is envy, there is fear. Fear of what? Of your worth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this message by embarrassing myself. I'm going to share with you an embarrassing story. I like that. I like doing that. Because it makes me human in front of you. I have no problems with envy. When I see a Ferrari or I see a Porsche, I say, nah, no, doesn't affect me. When I see a mansion, no effect. I just think, ang hirap linisin yan. No envy. I, I don't have envy for the... But I must admit to you that for years, I struggled with envy when it came to ministry. I was a teenager doing ministry work. I was in my 20s doing ministry work and I struggled with envy because I would look at my own ministry, boring and small. I look over my shoulder, look at the other ministries and they're so exciting and so fantastic and so excellent. And I say, oh, and I struggled with it. I would, in my 20s, I was looking at Ang Ligaya ng Panginoon, a community with amazing formation program of four years. And then I look at my community and we had nada. And then there was Bukas Loob sa Dios, terrific family programs, terrific marriage retreats, and wow. And then I looked at Ilim, a community with a culture of excellence and worship and music and woo, powerful. Couples for Christ. 
Amazing. In the 1990s, they had this thing called rapid, global, massive evangelization. And they were sending missionaries to Africa and China and East Timor. During that time, we could barely send a missionary to Kalamba. And then, of course, El Shaddai. Oh my gosh. How can you not, you know, like look over your shoulder and look at El Shaddai? At that time, we were a thousand people in our prayer meeting. We will be very happy already if you reach a thousand people. El Shaddai, a million people in Luneta. You know, open air prayer meeting. And the members were so committed. When, even when it's raining for 12 hours, they will stand in the rain for 12 hours with their inverted umbrella. And, and they're so committed. And then I'll compare them to our members then who might even miss a prayer meeting because the air is moist. And, and, and I would feel envious. And, and here's why. Ask me why. Because I realized that I was afraid. You're selfish because you're afraid. You're envious because you're afraid. It's fear. I, here's, here is my fear. That I was a nobody because someone will say that I was a nobody. That they will look at my ministry and say, oh, okay. You're, you're not like this, other ministries. You're, you're, yeah. My security was tied up to my ministry. My identity was tied up to the performance of my work and that why, that's the reason why I was afraid. I want to thank God that as the years went by, God performed a heart transplant. Took a while, took a few years, but He did. And what He did was He pumped his love in my heart. Like he poured and poured and poured his love in my heart to the point where fear was pushed out. And one day I just woke up and I realized something that I wasn't afraid anymore. I woke up one day when I, when I said, I don't want what they have. I just want what God wants for my life. And, and the reason is this. My dear friends, the reason is this. I began to tie up. I realized this. My security was no longer tied up to my ministry. It was now tied up to the Trinity. I, I began to celebrate God's applause more than anything else. And it was okay if people say that I'm a nobody. Guess what? God has told me, I was a somebody, and that's enough for me. And I remember during that time, when every time I looked at my shoulder and looked at all the other ministries, I, I, I told myself, you know, Light of Jesus, our ministry, our community, we're just a speck of dirt compared to those other communities. But then when God began to work in my soul, God began to put His love in me, I just realized something. You know what? I realized this. It's okay if we're going to be a speck of dirt. We're going to be the best speck of dirt in the world. Why? We're going to get God's appointment. What 
has God appointed me to be? What has God appointed us to be? That's enough for us. We're, we focus on the, everybody say, focus on the blessing. Focus on the appointment that I have. Don't, don't look around. Just say, this is what God wants of me. I'm going to say, there are 10, ble- can we all stand everybody? There are 10 blessings that God has given to us as light of Jesus here in the feast. And we, we need to celebrate this. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. Number one, God has appointed us to reach the unchurched. That's number one. The one out of the 99 sheep that's lost. The one sheep that's lost. That's what we're going. That's why we rarely put a feast in the parish. We rarely do that. We put this in cinemas. We put this in malls. We put this here because we reach out to the 85% of people who are no longer going to church. We want to bring them to a relationship with Jesus. That's what we're about. Number two, God has appointed us to build relationships. This is the foundation of our work. We, we fail in so many ways doing this, but at least we're aware this is what we're about. Number three, God has appointed us to give teachings that are relevant, engaging, practical, biblical, and Catholic. This is a gift that God has given the feast. Number four, God has appointed us to raise an army of bivocational feast planters. Are you a member of this community? Raise your hand if you are. Why are you? You're here, right? You're a member. I mean, hello. I'm going to ask that question again. Are you a member of this community? I want you to, to be aware of this. This is our philosophy. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. In this community, every member is a missionary. Every member. You cannot say, I'm just a member. No, every member is a missionary. You're called by God to mission. Your mission field is your family, your workplace, everywhere you go. And I pray that you will become a feast planter. I pray that you will plant the feast in your home, in your neighborhood, in your office, in a prison somewhere. I don't know where. Number five, God has appointed us to disciple young people. This is a gift. This is the appointment of God for light of Jesus. Everybody say young people. Light of Jesus does not have a youth group. Light of Jesus as a whole is the youth group. Oh, you didn't get that. You, you didn't. It's like it flew over your head. We don't have a youth group. We are all the youth group. Why, Brother Bo? I'm 63 years old. No, you are the adult support of the youth group. You are here because you are selfless. You are here because you love your children. You are here because you love the children of your friends. You are here because you want to reach out the 70% of the population of the Philippines that are below the age of 30. Can you believe how huge that population demographic is? And that's why number six, God has appointed us to raise up young preachers and leaders. That, that's the, you know, old, old folks like me, our goal is to one day be a leader without a title. To keep serving light of Jesus but no longer with our positions and with our titles. That's the goal of an old person 
here in the community. Number seven, God has appointed to create vibrant worship music. God has given us this gift. We have feast worship now and we, we want to continue to do it. Number eight, God has appointed us to hold life-giving large events, Kerygma Conference, grand, grand feasts all over the world. Number nine, God has appointed us to share Jesus through media. God has given us the gift of publishing and being in TV and radio and online. Number ten, God has appointed us to serve the poor, like Anawim, our ministry for the abandoned elderly and many, 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 many more, our orphanages and our scholarship fund and, and our, even our ministry for the lepers up, up there in the north. All of these things that we do, they're not extra. They're front and center of who we are. This is God's appointment. And can I say this to you? If people ask you, how do you build your nation? Because when you say nation building, the first thing that comes to your mind is, I'm going to run for public office or I'm going to go out into the streets and, and rally. Hey, listen to me. This is how we build the nation, by building church. And when I say church, I'm, I'm using the letter, the small letter C for, for, for us. You know, of course, we are all Catholics and we belong to the Catholic church, big letter C. But small letter C, this is it. This is how we build the nation, by building this church and place this church under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's what we do. If you are a politician here, we support you. We love you. We will pray for you. We need good politicians. Do I hear a loud amen? And we will love you and we will confirm you and we will not endorse you. We cannot endorse personalities. That, that's our policy, but we will pray for you and we will love you. Am I making sense to you? This is, this is very, very important, but this is how we build the church. We build the church in this way. Are you ready? Maybe you're like Nehemiah. Maybe you're in the palace and you're comfortable. And you don't want stress. But you see, it's not about having big stress or small stress. The meaning of life. The meaning of life is if you are ready to be moved by the Holy Spirit to the point that you're going to do what Nehemiah did. Removing himself from his comfortable palace to live in war-torn Jerusalem for 12 years and build the walls of a city. Are you ready to pray with me? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Everybody just say this, Jesus, I thank you for the appointment putting me where I am. My answer is yes. I will serve you. My answer is yes. You can send me. My answer is yes. You can give me the anointing to be a gift, to be a blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcasts.